Sir Eustace Grey by George Crabbe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sean Kilpatrick. Sir Eustace Grey by Reverend George Crabbe. Scene, a madhouse. Persons, visitor, physician, and patient. Visitor, I'll know no more. The heart is torn. By views of woe we cannot heal. Long shall I see these things forlorn, And oft again their griefs shall feel, As each upon the mind shall steal. That wan projector's mystic style, That lumpish idiot leering by, That peevish idler's ceaseless wile, and that poor maiden's half-formed smile while struggling for the full-drawn sigh. I'll know no more. Physician, yes, turn again, then speed to happier scenes thy way when thou hast viewed what yet remain the ruins of Sir Eustace Grey, the sport of madness, miseries, prey. But he will no historian need, his cares, his crimes will he display, and show as one from frenzy freed the proud lost mind, the rash done deed. That sill to him is Grayling Hall, approach, he'll bid thee welcome there, will sometimes for his servant call, and sometimes point the vacant chair he can, with free and easy air, appear attentive and polite. Conveil his woes in manners fair, and pity with respect excite. Patient, who comes, approach, tis kindly done, my learned physician, and a friend, their pleasures is quite, to visit one who cannot to their ease attend, nor joys bestow, nor comforts lend, as when I lived to bless so well, and dreamt not I must soon contend with those malignant powers of hell. Physician, Less warmth, Sir Eustace, or we go. Patient, see, I am calm as infant love, a very child, but one of woe, whom you should pity, not reprove, but men at ease, who never strove with passions wild, will calmly show how soon we may their ills remove and masters of their madness grow. Some twenty years, I think, are gone. Time flies, I know not how, away, the sun upon no happier shone, nor prouder man than Eustace Gray. Ask where you would, and all would say, the man admired and praised of all, by rich and poor, by grave and gay, was the young lord of Grayling Hall. Yes, I had youth and rosy health, was nobly formed, as man might be, for sickness then. Of all my wealth I never gave a single fee. The ladies fair, the maidens free, were all accustomed then to say, Who would a handsome figure see, should look upon Sir Eustace Grey. He had a frank and pleasant look, a cheerful eye and accent bland. His speech and manner spoke the generous heart, the open hand. About him all was gay and grand. He had the praise of great and small. He bought, improved, projected, planned, and reigned a prince at Grayling Hall. My lady, she was all we love. All praise to speak her worth is faint. Her manners showed the yielding dove, her morals, the seraphic saint. She never breathed nor looked complaint. No equal upon earth had she. Now, what is this fair thing I paint, alas, as all that live shall be? 
worms, doctor, worms, and so are we. There was, beside, a gallant youth, and him, my bosom's friend, I had, oh, I was rich in very truth. It made me proud, it made me mad, yes, I was lost, but there was cause. Where stood my tale I cannot find, but I had all mankind's applause and all the smiles of womankind. There were two cherub things beside, a gracious girl, a glorious boy, yet more to swell my full-blown pride, to varnish higher my fading joy. Pleasures were ours without alloy, nay, paradise, till my frail Eve our bliss was tempted to destroy, deceived and fated to deceive. But I deserved, for all that time, when I was loved, admired, caressed, there was within each secret crime unfelt and cancelled, unconfessed. I never then my God addressed, in grateful praise or humble prayer, and if his word was not my jest, dread thought, it never was my care. I doubted, fool I was to doubt, if that all-piercing eye could see, if he who looks all worlds throughout would so minute and careful be as to perceive and punish me. With man I would be great and high, but with my God so lost that he, in his large view, should pass me by. Thus blessed with children, friend and wife, blessed far beyond the vulgar lot of all that gladdens human life, where was the good that I had not? But my vile heart had sinful spot, and heaven beheld its deepening stain, eternal justice I forgot, and mercy sought not to obtain. Come near, I'll softly speak the rest. Alas, tis known to all the crowd. Her guilty love was all confessed, and his, who so much truth avowed my faithless friends. In pleasure proud I sat when these cursed tidings came. Their guilt, their flight was told aloud, and envy smiled to hear my shame. I called on vengeance at the word she came. Can I the deed forget? I held the sword, the accursed sword, the blood of his false heart made wet, and that fair victim paid her price. She pined, she died, she loathed to live. I saw her dying, see her yet. Fair fallen thing, my rage forgive. Those cherubs still my life to bless were left. Could I my fears remove? Sad fears that checked each fond caress and poisoned all parental love. Yet that with jealous feelings strove, and would at last have won my will, had I not wretch been doomed to prove the extremes of mortal good and ill. In youth, health, joy, and beauty's pride, they drooped as flowers when blighted bough. The dire infected came, they died, and I was cursed, as I am now. Nay, frown not, angry friend, allow that I was deeply, sorely tried. Here then, and you must wonder how I could such storms and strifes abide. Storms, not that clouds embattled make when they afflict this earthly globe, but such as with their terror shake man's breast and to the bottom probe they make the hypocrite disrobe. They try us all, if false or true, for this one devil had power on Job, and I was long the slave of two. Physician, peace, peace, my friend, these subjects fly, collect thy thoughts, go calmly on, patient. And shall I then the fact deny I was, thou knowest, 
I was begone like him who filled the eastern throne, to whom the watcher cried aloud, that royal wretch of Babylon, who was so guilty and so proud, like him with haughty, stubborn mind, I in my state, my comforts sought, delight and praise I hoped to find in what I builded, planted, bought, O oh, arrogance by misery taught. Soon came a voice, I felt it come, full be his cup with evil fraught, demons his guides, and death his doom. Then was I cast from out my state, two fiends of darkness led my way. They waked me early, watched me late, my dread by night, my plague by day. Oh, I was made their subject, their play, through many a stormy troubled year, and how they used their passive prey is sad to tell, but you shall hear. And first before they sent me forth, through this unpitying world to run, they robbed Sir Eustace of his worth, lands, manners, lordships, every one. So was that gracious man undone spurred as vile was scorned as poor whom every former friend would shun and menials drove from every door then those ill-favored ones whom none but my unhappy eyes could view led me with wild emotion on and with resistless terror drew through lands we fled o'er seas we flew and halted on a boundless plain where nothing fed nor breathed, nor grew, but silence ruled the still domain. Upon that boundless plain, below the setting sun's last rays, were shed and gave a mild and sober glow, where all were still asleep or dead, vast ruins in the mists were spread, pillars and pediments sublime, where the gray moss had formed a bed and clothed the crumbling spoils of time. There was I fixed, I know not how, condemned for untold years to stay, Yet years were not, one dreaded now, endured no change of night or day. The same mild evening's sleeping ray shone softly solemn and serene, and all that time I gazed away the setting sun's sad rays were seen. At length the moment sleep stole on, again came my commission's foes, again through sea and land were gone, no peace, no respite, no repose, above the dark, broad sea we rose. We ran through bleak and frozen land. I had no strength, their strength to pose, an infant in a giant's hand. They placed me where those streamers play, those nimble beams of brilliant light. It would the stoutest heart demay to see, to feel that dreadful sight. So swift, so pure, so cold, so bright, they pierced my frame with icy wounds. And all that half-year's polar night, those dancing streamers wrapped me round. Slowly that darkness passed away. When down upon the earth I fell, some hurried sleep was mine by day. But soon, as told the evening bell, they forced me on, wherever dwell far-distant men in cities fair, cities of whom no travelers tell, nor feet but mine were wanderers there. Their watchmen stare and stand aghast. As on we hurry through the dark, the watchlight blinks as we go past, the watchdog shrinks and fears to bark, the watchtower's bell sounds shrill and hark, the free wind blows, we've left the town, a wide sepulchre, ground I mark, and on the tombstone place me down, what monuments of mighty dead, what tombs of various kind are found, and stones erect their shadows shed on humble graves with wickers bound, some risen fresh above the ground, some level with the native clay. What sleeping millions wait the sound? Arise, ye dead, and come away. 
Alas, they stay not for that call. Spare me this woe, ye demons, spare the shrouded shadows all. Tis more than mortal brain can bear. Rustling they rise, they sternly glare at man upheld by vital breath, who, led by wicked fiends, shall dare to join the shadowy troops of death. Yes, I have felt all men can feel. Tis he shall pay his nature's debt, ills that no hope has strength to heal no mind the comfort to forget whatever cares the heart can fret the spirits wear the temper gall woe want dread anguish all beset my sinful soul together all those fiends upon a shaking fen fixed me in dark tempestuous night there never trod the foot of men there flocked the fall in wintry flight there danced the moor's deceitful light above the pool where sedges grow and when the morning sun shone bright it shone upon a field of snow they hung me on a bough so small the rock could build her nest no higher. They fixed me on the trembling ball that crowns the steeple's quivering spire. They set me where the seas retire, but drowned with their returning tide, and made me flee the mountain's fire when rolling from its burning side. I have hung upon the ridgy steep of cliffs and held the rambling briar. I plunged below the billowy deep where air was sent to me respire. I've been where hungry wolves retire, and to complete my woes I've ran where Bedlam's crazy crew conspire against the life of reasoning man. I've furled in storms the flapping sail by hanging from the topmast head. I've served the vilest slaves in jail and picked the dunghills spoil for bread. I've made the badger's hole my bed. I've wandered with a gypsy crew, I've dreaded all the guilty dread, and done what they would fear to do. On sand where ebbs and flows the flood, midday they placed and bade me die, propped on my staff I stoutly stood when the swift waves came rolling by, and high they rose, and still more high. To my lips drank the bitter brine, I sobbed convulsed, then cast mine eye, and saw the tide's reflowing sign. And then my dreams were sought as naught could yield but my unhappy case i've been of thousand devils caught and thrust into that horrid place where rain dismay despair disgrace furies with iron fangs were there to torture that accursed race doomed to dismay disgrace despair harmless i was yet hunted down for treasons to my soul unfit i've been pursued through many a town for crimes that petty knaves commit i've been adjudged to have lost my wit because I preached so loud and well, and thrown into the dungeon's pit, for trampling on the pit of hell. Such were the evils, man of sin, that I was fated to sustain, and add to all without within, a soul defiled with every stain, that man's reflecting mind can pain. Such were the evils, man of sin, that I was fated to sustain, and add to all without within, a soul defiled with every stain. That man's reflecting mind can pain, that pride, wrong, rage, despair can make. In fact, they nearly touched my brain, and reason on her throne would shake. But pity will the vilest seek, if punished, guilt will not repine. I heard a heavenly teacher speak, and felt the sun of mercy shine. I hailed the light, the birth divine, and then was sealed among the few. Those angry fiends beheld the sign, and from me in an instant flew. Come hear how thus the charmers cry to wandering sheep, the strays of sin, while some the wicked gate pass by, and some will knock and enter in, 
full joyful tis a soul to win for he that winneth souls is wise now hark the holy strains begin and thus the sainted preacher cries pilgrim brethren with thy sin come the way to zion's gate there till mercy let thee in knock and weep and watch and wait knock he knows the sinner's cry weep he loves the mourner's tears watch for saving grace is nigh wait till heavenly light appears hark it is the bridegroom's voice welcome pilgrim to thy rest now within the gate rejoice safe and sealed and bought and blessed safe from all those lures of vice sealed by signs the chosen know bought by love and life the price bless the mighty debt of woe holy pilgrim what for thee in a world like this remain from thy guarded breast shall flee fear and shame and doubt and pain fear the hope of heaven shall fly shame from glory's view retire doubt in certain rapture die pain and endless bliss expire but though my day of grace was come yet still my days of grief i find the former clouds collected gloom still sadden the reflecting mind the soul to evil things consigned will of their evil some retain the man will seem to earth inclined, and will not look erect again. Thus, though elect, I feel it hard to lose what I possessed before, to be from all my wealth debarred. The brave Sir Eustace is no more, but old I wax, and passing poor, stern, rugged men my conduct view. They chide my wish, they bar my door, tis hard I weep, you see I do. Must you, my friends, no longer stay, thus quickly all my pleasures end? But I'll remember when I pray my kind physician and his friend, In those sad hours you deign to spend with me, I shall requite them all, Sir Eustace, for his friend shall send and thank their love at Graying Hall. Visitor, the poor Eustace, yet his hope leads him to think of joys again, And when his earthly visions droop, his views of heavenly kind remain. But once that meek and humble strain, that spirit wounded, lost, resigned, Would not so proud a soul disdain the madness of the poorest mind. Physician, no, for the more he swelled with pride, The more he felt misfortunes, blow, disgrace, and grief, He could not hide, and poverty had laid him low. The shame and sorrow, working slow at length, His humble spirit gave madness on those began to grow, And bound him to his fiends a slave. Though the wild thoughts had touched his brain, Then was he free, so forth he ran, To soothe or threat, alike were vain. He spake of fiends, looked wild and wan, Year after year, the hurried man obeyed those fiends from place to place, till his religious change began to form a frenzied child of grace. For as the fury lost its strength, the mind reposed by slow degrees, came lingering hope, and brought at length to the tormented spirit ease, this slave of sin, whom fiends could seize, felt to believe their power had end. Tis faith, he cried, my bosom frees, and now my saviour is my friend. But ah, though time can yield relief, and soften woes it cannot cure, would we not suffer pain and grief to have our reason sound and sure? Then let us keep our bosoms pure. Our fancy's favorite flights suppress, Prepare the body to endure, And bend the mind to meet distress, And then his guardian care implore, Whom demons dread and men adore. End of Sir Eustace Grey by George Crabbe